I pray that we would be surrender our heart and our spirit uh, to your will and to the person of Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for the freedom that we have to open the word of God this morning. I pray that your spirit would be free to speak to our hearts and to encourage us in our faith and to point us toward Jesus Christ this morning. We'll praise you for what you do. Thanks so much for your word. Thank you for the power that's found in it. And we'll praise you for how you use it to challenge our hearts this morning. In your name we pray, amen. We have arrived to the book of Jonah, uh, one of uh, the little books that I enjoy reading. Jonah is a kind of an odd prophet in that Jonah, unlike most of the prophets who are, who are, are encouraging and warning and kind of painting a picture of God's judgment on people, which... Uh, which Jonah does, but it's the story of Jonah more of the prophet than it is even of God's warning to a group of people. And that's different because most of the prophets uh, don't spend a lot of time really talking about themselves and the story of of their life. But what I want you to think about this morning is this, that every one of us have a story of our life and God, right? It's not, it's not the story of Tim's life. It's the story of how my life relates to God, right? I'm not the major player. I, I, it's amazing for us to get to that point where we realize that the story is really of God's unfolding life, not mine. And it's how I fit into God's existence, God's life, what God is all about, and how I play a small part of what God is ultimately doing. And that's kind of the story of Jonah. And he reminds us a lot, if we spend much time thinking about it, of ourselves. I was thinking about this, this book, and I've, I've done a number of series on this book over uh, the 20-some-odd years that I've been a pastor. And uh, every time I think of this book, I think of this this line, and it's reluctant service. And I, I put that as a title this morning, and it's, it's even more than that, and I'll explain that in a minute, but, but have you ever been reluctant to do something that you know you should do or you need to do? I have. There's been times, simple things, right? You're, you're reluctant to maybe eat right. You have things that you really enjoy, Mike, yeah, yeah, you and I, we've had this conversation. You have things that, that you know they, they don't set right with you, right? You, you, you know the outcome. But yet, you know, even, even things that you do on a daily basis in your life, you, you, you know, I, I have back problems. I've had back problems since I was a teenager. And I know two things about back problems for me, for Tim. This isn't for everybody, but for me. I know two things about them. One is this. If I exercise on a daily basis, my back feels a whole lot better. And if I allow myself to get a little overweight, my back really, really bothers me. Two very simple things. And I have gone through periods of my life where I have eaten in excess and put weight on, knowing that it was going to hurt. And I have gone through periods of my life where I said, I don't want to exercise. And so I don't. And I know what's going to happen. It's going to hurt. And so I know what's going on and I know what I should be doing, but yet, and you know exactly what I'm talking about. 
Because you have things in your life right now that are going through your mind and you go, yeah, that's me. So we're in this together. So then we translate that to something that may have a little more meaning in terms of our spiritual life or in terms of how we interact with other people. And sometimes we reluctantly do things that we know we should do because internally we're fighting a battle of, I don't really want to do it, but I know I should do it. And I have this whole conversation. You guys, right? You have a conversation that goes on in your mind and you struggle. That's Jonah. But let me paint the picture for Jonah just a little bit more so you get, you get the full picture. When God asked Jonah to go talk to the Ninevites, I need you to understand who the Ninevites were. They're Assyrians. Nineveh is the chief or one of the capital cities of Assyria. The Assyrians were one of the arch enemies of the Israelites. And the Assyrians, in the time frame that Jonah's talking about here, were known for their cruelty. They were known for, if they took prisoners, what they would do to those prisoners. And it's incredibly cruel. If you read history, if you're a history buff and you go back and you spend any time, you'll realize that their nastiness was known all around them. And it's no doubt at all that Jonah may have had family members. He could have, he could have people from his town, from, from the area that he was in, who had been affected negatively by the Assyrians. It's very possible. And so it's when, when God comes to Jonah and asks him to speak to the Ninevites, you got to understand that Jonah is looking at this going, those people? Really? Seriously? And it's not just reluctant, and I use that word as a title, but it's even deeper than that. There's a heartfelt angst when he hears the name of I don't want God to be merciful to those people. I know what they have done. And you may have that in your heart. There may be some folks in your life and in your, in, in your life story that have done things to you or treated you in certain ways that you look at and you go, man, really, God, you're going to be merciful to them? Let's be honest. Our hearts aren't always all that pure, Okay right? Well, that's Jonah. So we know this about Jonah. Let me give you some facts about Jonah. Be prepared for things falling. From 2 Kings chapter 25, we know that Jonah was a prophet in the northern kingdom in the region of Galilee. He would have been around the same time period of Amos and Hosea and Joel. And he really wanted God to judge the people of Nineveh, the Assyrians. That's what he wanted. He wanted God to strike them down. To judge them for their actions because that is only fair. That is only just. That's what God should do. Ever been there? Spoiler alert, in case you haven't read the book yet. The Ninevites repent. Just telling you up front because we may not get there. They repent. But one thing you have to know about this is it's going to show up again in the book of Nahum a little bit later. They repent. The nation of Nineveh, Nineveh, or the city of Nineveh repents, but it doesn't last long. And God in his incredible mercy does what God often does with us, and he he gives 
Nineveh a chance through Jonah, but then a little while later, not too long later, through Nahum, he shows up again and he says, hey, you guys didn't live this out. And they don't fare so well the second time through. It's interesting to note that Jonah is one of the prophets that Jesus refers to in the book of Matthew. The scribes have come to him and they have said to Jesus, show us a sign so that we could believe that you really are Jesus, the Messiah, the one. And in Matthew chapter 12, verses 39 to 41, Jesus says this, He answers the scribes and the Pharisees, An evil and adulterous generation demands a sign, but no sign will be given to it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. For as Jonah was in the belly of a huge fish three days and three nights, so the Son of Man will be in the heart of the earth three days and three nights. The men of Nineveh will stand up at the judgment with this generation and condemn it because they repented at Jonah's preaching. But look, something greater than Jonah is here. So the scribes and Pharisees had come to Jesus and said, show us the sign so that we could believe. And Jesus looks at him and says, you remember, remember the prophet Jonah? The people of Nineveh, when he came and he said, God's going to judge you, they immediately repented but you won't. And your judgment will be greater because one who is greater, Jesus himself, is here and you won't listen to him. Instead, you want one more sign. It's very interesting that Jesus refers back to the prophet Jonah. And when you look at who Jonah was, he's one of those people where you go, really, Jesus is going to use him as an example? (laughs) Because Jonah didn't always do it, everything quite right. Actually, he struggled, kind of like us. It would do well before we jump into this book, and I want to spend a moment to remind you of the example of Jesus and how Jesus looks at people before we look at how Jonah responds. Jesus looks at people and he says it this way, but I say to you who listen, love your enemies. Do what is good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. We're going to look at Jonah in a minute. And Jonah's heart attitude was one of hatred. And he despised the people that God was sending him to. And and if we look at it on the surface, we say, yeah, I get why Jonah was there. but, But remember who Jesus was and the fact that the people that Jesus came to save, the one he was giving himself completely to, turned on him. And they're the ones who put him on the cross, his very own people. And so Jesus' attitude toward those people and really toward us is love your enemy. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you and those who mistreat you, reach out to and care for. Remember the parable that God, that Jesus uses in the New Testament in Luke chapter 10 of the Good Samaritan and, and the question that was being asked of him that day was how would we inherit eternal life? How would we get into heaven? And Jesus tells them a story and the story is of someone who's going down between Jerusalem and Jericho and thieves beat him up and he's left for dead and, and the priest comes and doesn't save him and, and find the Samaritan comes and he's the one who cares for him and, and, and saves this guy's life. And at the end of the story, at the end of the parable, Jesus says, which one of these men was the neighbor to this guy? And everybody answers, well, the Samaritan was. 
And Jesus responds to them, well, go and do likewise. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, and your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And so Jesus' response and Jesus' attitude toward people is, look, first and foremost, I'll reach out and I'll care for those that are around me. And even those who I don't think deserve it, I will be the one who cares, who, who reaches out, and, and I'll be the first one to offer my hand toward those people. God's heroes are those who are merciful, those who are willing to care for folks, those who are willing to care for those who don't fit in the categories that we've set up as acceptable, those who showed mercy. And then Jesus set the stage for us of how that heart attitude should play out when he left this earth in Matthew 28, verses 18 to 20, when he said it this way, Jesus came near to them and said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the edge of the age. So Jesus' attitude was, love those who are unlovable. Love those who, who mistreat you. Bless those who are your enemies. And I want you to remember this. It is your life's mission to do this. It's not just a command. It's what you give your whole heart and your soul and your life to. So that's how Jesus observes, and that's how Jesus looks at it. Now let's look at Jonah for a couple of minutes. Three observations from the book of Jonah this morning. Three, three little pictures that I want you to get in your mind. I, I, these are just things as I read and reread and re-listened to the book of Jonah, and I would put the jo I would put put the book of Jonah on, just just put it on repeat, just listen to it. And these are three observations that I made from the passage. There's a lot more in there, by the way. And so as you read it, God may use some different things to grab your attention. But let me give you three observations that I made from this little book. Observation number one is this. God calls us to serve in spite of our reluctance. Remember at the beginning, I asked, have you ever been that person? You know and you're reluctant, I, I don't really want to do it. God doesn't look at us and go, okay, because you don't want to do it, you're off the hook. <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice? You can agree with me, it's okay. We're all human here. God calls us to serve in spite of our reluctance. Let me read this to you, Jonah chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittah. Get up. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because their evil has come up before me. Remember God's response to you and to me, his call to you and to me. Remember, we just read that. There's a reason we did that first. His call to you and me is to love your neighbor as yourself. His call to you and me is to go and make disciples of all nations, starting, first of all, at home. He says it in another place. He says in Jerusalem, Judea, and the other most parts of the, right? He tells us to start at home with those closest to us. Share the truth of who Jesus Christ is. Give our hearts and our lives completely to the mission that was set before us. And that's what he says to Jonah. He's a prophet of God. He's been a prophet in the northern kingdom. He's used him to talk to the Israelites. And God shows up to Jonah and he says, okay, now at this point, I have something a little different for you. I want you to go to the city that you don't like and I want you to tell them about Jesus Christ. And, and Jonah begins to hesitate. Who was the last person that God asked you to share the love of Jesus Christ with? 
When was the last time that he touched your heart and he said, hey, today, I need you to care for that person. Hey, today I need you to show up in this person's life and I need you to make a difference for them today. That's what he's doing with Jonah. And look at Jonah's response. We know Jonah was reluctant by what he did. Look at verse 3. Jonah got up to flee to Tarshish from the Lord's presence and he went down to Joppa and he found a ship going and he paid the fare and he went down and he got in it and off he went from the Lord's presence and then, I'm out of here. I'm out of here. Reluctant. I'm not doing this. Folks, we do that all the time, right? Jonah is not, we, we give Jonah a bad rap. We're always, oh, Jonah was the prophet who didn't do what he, how often, how often is that us? I don't know about you, but I'm a guy that's usually on a mission. I'm one of those people who when I start something, I put my head down and I have a job and I'm going to do the job and I'm going to complete the job and it doesn't matter what goes on around me. I'm just, I'm in, I'm doing it, I'm sold. And there are times in the middle of that, that's a great thing, it's a great quality, you get a lot done and you can accomplish a lot, but there are times in the middle of that where God taps me on the shoulder and says, Tim, I don't really care about the job right now, I want you to help this person, I want you to stop, I want you to have a conversation, I want you to encourage this person, I want you to pray about this, I want you to stop for a few minutes, I want you to wait. And I say, ah, I got to finish, God, I got to get this done, it's what's important. And that's my reluctance. That's me not saying yes to God. The same thing happens in your life. It just may look a little different where, where God has used the word of God or the spirit of God to tap you on the shoulder, to ask you to be involved, to do something with someone. And you go, not now, God, I'm too busy. Or not right now, it's not comfortable. I don't know the words to say. Or how would I go about doing that? God looks after all those details. He just asks us to show up. And that's what he did with Jonah. So Jonah, I just want you to go. I, I have this people prepared, and I want you to go. If you look at chapter 3 of Jonah, verses 1 and 2, the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. <laughs> Get up, go to the great city of Nineveh and preach the message that I tell you. Sometimes God has to come to us multiple times to get us to respond Sometimes he has to say things to us on different occasions, the same thing over and over again to get us to the place where he wants us to go. God calls us to serve in spite of our reluctance. Hey folks, God's call in your life hasn't changed. In the last year, he's calling our life and his mission in our life has not changed. It's still the same. The mission is exactly the same as it's always been. He is calling the church to continue to care and show the gospel of Jesus Christ to those who are around us. It's the call. And even if we're reluctant because of the circumstances that we face, the call has not changed. It's still the same. The mission has never changed. Observation number one, in spite of my reluctance, he still calls me to service. Observation number two, sometimes God uses us in spite of our heart's attitude. (laughs) You ever been there? (laughs) I'll do it, but I don't want to. (laughs) Ever had your kids there? (laughs) Right? 
Go do that, Johnny. No, I'm not doing it. Yes, you are. And here's the paddle. I'll do it. <laughs> but I don't want to. God does that with us sometimes, right? Jonah chapter 1, verses 9 and 14. Remember, Jonah had ran away, and he got on a ship, and he went the opposite direction, and God used a fish, right? He used the waves. He used the sea to get Jonah's attention. Well, chapter Jonah 1, 9 and 14 says this. He answered them, I am a Hebrew. I worship the Lord, the God of the heavens, who made the sea and the dry land. He says, look, I'm running away, and this is who I am. Let me tell you who I am. I'm a Hebrew. I'm a prophet. I'm supposed to be following God, but I decided to go the other way. God uses them in these guys' lives. Look at the next verse. So they called out to the Lord, please, Lord, don't let us perish because of this man's life, and don't charge us with innocent blood, for you, Lord, have done just as you pleased. Sometimes in spite of our heart attitude, God reaches down and he uses us in somebody else's life. And he did this with Jonah. Jonah was running. He was hiding. He was trying to get away from God. And God reached down in the middle of the mess that Jonah made. And he used Jonah's life to touch these sailors. If you read the rest of that verse, those verses right there, at the end of them throwing Jonah overboard and the the fish taking him away, It says that they made sacrifices to the Lord. Now, I don't know what happened in their heart and their life, but all of a sudden they realized there's a God who's way bigger than any of them we ever realized. There's something way more going on than anything we ever thought about. And in spite of Jonah's heart attitude, God used Jonah to make a difference in some people's lives. Now, he repented, and you know the story if you've read it. But folks, in the middle of where you are, being reluctant to serve, maybe having a struggle with God with some events that are going on in your life, God wants to use you in the middle of that. And when God calls you out, don't be afraid to be honest. I'm a Christ follower and I'm struggling. That's what Jonah's saying to these guys. I didn't want to do what God wanted. I'm a Christ follower. I'm a Hebrew. I'm a prophet. And I didn't want to follow God. But here I am. And if you want to make this right between us and God, then this is what you've got to do. And that's what Jonah says to them. Folks, God's plan will be worked out no matter what. Who I am, who am I to say how God's plan will work out? Who am I to be the one who directs God and says, God, I don't like the plan you've got me on. I want it this way. That's what Jonah was doing. Romans 9 says it this way, who is the clay to look at the potter and tell the potter, this is how I want to be made. This is what I want you to do in my life. I want you to shape me this way. And that's so often our heart attitude to God. God, I want to be of service to you. I want to do things for you. But God, I want you to do it this way. (laughs) I know better. And God, who is looking at my whole life, And looking at all the events that surround my life, I says, really? Really, you know better. God will work out his plan and his purpose. And sometimes in spite of my heart attitude, God will use me to make a difference in people's lives. I'm so grateful for that. So grateful for that. Observation number three found from this passage is this. 
God will reveal himself even if I don't reveal him. Follow that? God will reveal himself even if I don't reveal him. I was looking at this passage and thinking about this. Jonah's on a ship headed in the wrong direction, and God reaches down with a storm and to get Jonah's attention, but reveals himself to those guys that were on the ship and says, look, I'm God. Jonah goes to Nineveh and preaches, and his preaching to the Ninevites, if you read it, it's pretty heartless. Look, look, God's just going to wipe you guys off the face of the earth. Repent. I hope you don't. I mean, he doesn't come out and say it, but that's his attitude. When, if you read that, you look at it. Jonah is, he's hoping with all hope, look, don't listen to me. That's what he wants. And in spite of his attitude, in spite of where his heart is, he really doesn't have the heart of somebody who has compassion and says, look, you need to see God. You need to know God. God will make a difference. It's not how his heart is. He doesn't really want to reveal Jehovah. But God... Being God will reveal himself to the people around us sometimes even when we don't want to. The men, in Jonah chapter 1, verse 16, it says, the men were seized by great fear of the Lord and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and they made vows. We see there is God. We see that Jehovah is the God of the wind and the waves. We get it. Jonah chapter 1 verse 10 says it this way. God saw their actions. This is the Ninevites. That they had turned from their evil ways. They put on sackcloth and ashes. They sat in the ashes. They listened to what Jonah said. And they made sure that everybody in the town listened to what Jonah said. And it says this at the end. So God relented from the disaster that he had threatened them with. And he did not do it. God, in the middle of their their hurt, their pain, in terms of their repentance, their yielding of their spirit, God revealed himself to that, that group of people in Nineveh. And when he revealed himself to them, they said, yes, this is God. This is the God of the universe. And we repent, we relent, we, we were wrong. And in that day and age, to admit that you were wrong was to sit and rip your clothes, put on sackcloth, put ashes over your head, and yield. And that's what they did. And they did it because they saw the glory and the person of God. That was close to somebody's car. God revealed himself to those people. Now, we know the story. If you've read it and you've finished the story... Jonah gets ticked off. His hard attitude didn't change. It's interesting that this one story of this prophet doesn't tell us how this all ends. It leaves Jonah kind of mad, kind of upset. We don't don't know what happens between God and Jonah. But I think the point that we need to walk away with from these observations this morning is this. Look, we can either serve God with a spirit a yielded spirit, a spirit that says, God, I know that you know best and I know you have a plan. And even though I don't understand it all and even though I don't get it all, 
I'm in. I'm in. Or, like Jonah, we can say, God, I know that you're God, and I know you have a plan, but I hate it, and I will reluctantly serve. And my attitude's going to show it. And you know what the sad thing is, folks? I think often we end up on the side of Jonah. I know I do. I know there's times in my life where I know what God wants and I get my, my tail in a knot, if you will, or my attitude gets tweaked. I'm like, yeah, God, I get it, but I'm, I'm going to do it, but I'm not going to like any of it. Where if I would yield and I would surrender and I would submit, the blessing of God on my life and on the lives of the people he asked me to minister to would be so incredible. Would be so incredible. So let me finish with a question this morning. Are you reluctantly serving? Are you graciously and humbly serving? Being reluctant doesn't disqualify me from being obedient, but it's hard. It's hard when I'm reluctant. Obedience with a yielded spirit leads to freedom, blessing, and a sense of the peace and the presence of God in my life. It's not all up and to the right. It's not all perfect. That's not what I'm trying to tell you. I'm trying to tell you that when I yield, the presence of God brings me the peace of God and the hope of God that will make a difference in the people that I spend my life with. Reluctant? or yielded? Where do you find yourself? Father, would you grant us the courage to look at our lives in a real way, to admit where our hard attitude is? And so often, Father, as believers, we serve as Jonah did, reluctantly and in spite of you, not because of you. God, grant us the courage to yield our spirits to yours and to serve with a humble, gracious spirit. In your name we pray. Amen.